Welcome to the Sign Therapy Podcast, where we talk sports, sports, and more sports. If you are just joining us from our old The Throwdown podcast, welcome to the new version for 2022 and beyond. Uh, we we kind of fell behind due to cer- some circumstances on the throwdown and decided, you know, 2022, it's a fresh year. Let's start a fresh new podcast and create something that we can stay consistent with each week. Discuss the topics that are, you know, going on, being talked around uh, the country and the world at the moment in sports. And then also kind of, you know, give our opinions on what we've got, uh, how we view things. And, you know, what we've got going on inside of our sports community and our sports world and, you know, discuss more of, of upcoming events, upcoming games and tournaments and stuff like that. So if you are just joining us for the first time, welcome. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in. We hope that you'll follow along and become a proud supporter of the Sign Therapy podcast. Uh, we, you know, small, small time people playing sports all our life, uh, you know, football, basketball, soccer, baseball, now coaching football, basketball, baseball, soccer, uh, continuing to play soccer and basketball, soft, you know, slow pitch softball, flag football, you know, trying to stay young as long as possible before the body and the joints and everything else tell us that we are unable to fulfill our our sports and athletic uh, duties much longer. So again, <clears throat> we appreciate you guys tuning in. We hope that you find this thing, uh, this podcast, um, you know, we hope that you find it appetizing to come back for more. And if you have any kind of questions, if you have anything that you want us to discuss, or if you have any input that you would like us to read on on air, then just hop over to our Facebook page, The Sign Therapy Podcast, and shoot us a message. We're constantly looking for people to give us new topics to talk about, give our opinions on what we think on those topics, and kind of go from there, uh, you know, Interaction with the audience is what we are looking for the most. We want people to feel like this is a podcast that you can shoot us an answer and we can answer, give our opinion on the next episode and you're able to tune in and listen and feel like you are a part of the whole conversation rather than just being uh, a straight up listener and everything else. Um, We do want to say a huge thank you to our supporters, Rawls Corp, LLC, uh, and A1 Detailing. Um, if you are looking for anyone to do any residential, commercial, industrial needs in the construction world, Ross Corp LLC has got you covered. They do a wide variety of work, and if they cannot do it, then they definitely know the people to get in contact with to make sure that your jobs are taken care of and done correctly. And if you're in the need for any kind of detailing for your automotives, your boats, motorcycles, uh campers, anything that you think might need to be detailed inside and out, look up A1 Detailing. They have a fabulous uh, line of products and services that they offer, and they are definitely the best in the business. Um, Definitely give both of them a 
a look up on Facebook, give them a like, a share, and contact them for any of those needs that you guys may be needing. So <clears throat> now hopping in, just hopping straight into it. I uh, want to jump straight into the big news of the day. If you don't know, then you obviously are not a sports uh, advocate like myself and uh, like some of my friends. But Tom Brady officially announcing his retirement. Um, I know that there's been the speculations and it's been blown all over social media and all over the different sports networks, ESPN and so on, Fox News, Fox Sports, all of that, that he announced his retirement. But it was officially made today by himself that he is officially retiring from the NFL after 22 crazy and uh, dominant seasons. Um, if you have not watched Man in the Arena, I definitely suggest you sit down and just kind of binge watch it in the evenings or over the weekends. It definitely kind of gives you an insight to his life and just kind of on the field and off the field as well. The trials and different things that he went through, you know, in his you know, young part of his career. And as he kind of developed into what he was, you know, over the last 10 years, uh, being the kind of dominant player he is with the age that he is at is, you know, something that not very many people are are capable of doing. You know, you got Ben Roethlisberger that's a little bit younger than he is and, you know, was still able to play at a, a semi-competitive level, but he was not able to to be as dominant as Tom Brady was. So it's kind of crazy to sit there and think that 44 years old, Brady was so still so dominant. And if he really wanted to, he could probably put the pads on for another year or two years and continue to play on if his body allowed it. I don't blame him for hanging up the pads in the helmet this time. Um, you know, Bucks losing out to LA and, you know, being able to, uh, you know, being able to sit there and just say, you know, I've given it my all. I'm ending on the, my terms rather than him getting a season-ending injury and being told that he's going to have to quit. You know, that's definitely tough uh, for anyone. So definitely, you know, interesting career. You know, definitely one of the one of the greatest of all time to ever do it. Whether you, you know, think. Whether you dislike him or hate him strongly due to the, um, you know, the deflect gate and any of the other things that came up between, you know, while he was at the Patriots, it's still a heck of a career and you definitely can't dog the kind of career he had with the Patriots and the two, three years with the Bill or Bucks. Um, other <clears throat> exciting news is Caleb Williams officially making his announcement that he is transferring over to USC uh, was listening to the sports channel here in Oklahoma, uh, WWLS, the sports animal. And they were talking about how, you know, they don't believe that he just now made his decision up. They feel he's made his decision up since Riley left, but Riley told him to give it some time. So that way people didn't think that Riley just completely took him away you know, from Oklahoma and right when he left, like he did, you know, so many other coaches and players. Um, I think it's been set up all along. Uh, I think if he will, you know, if he wasn't, if he was still on the fence about staying with OU or transferring out, 
I don't think he would have moved off campus. I think moving off campus was his way of saying, I'm not coming back to OU. Uh, and then I think that he just kind of, you know, played it out. So that kind of like what Riley was thinking, you know, play it out, just keep it from coming back on me, you know, people bashing me more than what they already are because of me taking, uh, you know, Grinch, you know, um, receivers, running backs, other coaches to USC. So I definitely think it's been planned between him and Caleb. And Caleb just finally was ready to make the announcement to get it over with, get out to Southern California and start his career out there. Uh, I'm kind of on the fence about how I feel, you know, between them. I don't, you know, obviously I don't want anything awful to happen to to Lincoln or Caleb or any of the guys, you know, Mario that transferred out there. But I do, I do wish and I hope that they don't have a successful career out there in USC. I think, you know, I'm hoping that, you know, Oregon and Utah being so dominant this year in the Pac-12, I hope that they continue that run and they're able to sit there and just crush USC over the next couple of years while Caleb is still enrolled there. And with all of the top recruits that Lincoln stole from OU, um, so I kind you know, I'm hoping that they don't have a successful career out there at USC. I hope that it is a tough time. I hope that, you know, Lincoln has struggles because, you know, he, when he took over the reins for Bob Stoops here in Oklahoma, he was given a top pristine, um, you know, he was given a top pristine, you know, well-oiled machine. And all he had to do was just, you know, do the fine tuning, which, Bob had given him plenty of advice, plenty of insight and mentorship to be able to fine tune the Oklahoma program into being the national title contenders. And, you know, this year, Spencer Rattler being, you know, nominated the, you know, preseason Heisman hopeful and then OU being, you know, viewed as one of the top four in the nation to go to the playoff and be a national title contender. Um, and then having this kind of season that they had and Lincoln kind of being conservative with his play calling, it kind of just made you realize that, you know, it's possible that Lincoln and USC had linked up well before the end of the season, uh, and everything. So we're kind of, you know, like I said, it's, it sucks, but we've got some great transfers coming in. We got some great recruits that are still signing, uh, national signing day is in february so it is coming up shortly so we'll definitely be able to see what kind of action brent venables is able to bring in and uh you know and jeff kind of see what they can build after lincoln kind of left the university of oklahoma you know exposed and cleaned out so i'm definitely excited as a sooner fan myself i'm definitely excited to see how this next year looks and then kind of going over the next couple of years um with Venables at the at the head realm and Jeff being his OC right hand man and kind of seeing the development of the talent they've got coming in with the current talent that they have on the roster and just kind of see what they can do this next year in the Big 12 um, to see if they can take down Baylor and and Oklahoma State so um, if you know 
if if you're a fan of of the transfer portal and the NIL, then I'm definitely interested in seeing why you're you're for it, why you're pro um, NIL and transfer portal. I am not, uh, you know, I don't mind the transfer portal, but I think it needs to be back to if you transfer, you need to sit out a year, um, especially with this money. The NIL is going to ruin college football, in my opinion. We're going to be sitting there. We're going to be having, you know, kids playing a year at, you know, LSU, Ohio State, OU, Texas, Bama, Georgia, Clemson, and they're going to show out. And then a program, you know, a small program is going to to come along and say, you know, hey, this is how much we can offer you. It's more than what you're getting paid, you know, at USC or OU, or we can provide this kind of lifestyle for you while you finish out the rest of your years playing and get you ready for the NFL. And I just kind of feel like it's gonna it's gonna take its toll on the sport in whole, you know, college sports as a whole. I think it'll ruin college basketball. Um, a little bit, you know, a lot of the top players in college basketball, you know, they do their one year and they go pro. I think if, you know, the NCAA is going to allow kids to do the NIL and everything, then they need to just set up the USFL and allow kids to go play in that straight out of high school. The ones that are good enough be scouted and drafted. And then if you don't get drafted, then you can go and play college football. Um, you know, I think they need to have that draft in the spring for the USFL. And if a kid does not get drafted, then he can go to college and he can play somewhere. And, you know, they can they can use college as their opportunity to develop and grow their their stock for the NFL. And if they do get drafted for the USFL, then they can use that as their opportunity to develop and and raise their stock for the NFL draft. Um, but I think that's that's kind of where I think we're going. I mean, with the NF- NIL paying kids, you know, allowing kids to get paid, allowing colleges to recruit kids from other colleges and tell them, like, I can pay you, you know, like Georgia's offensive lineman making 60K a year. Um, you know, that's, that's appetizing for any college kid. You know, if, if you're sitting there and you're a college offensive lineman and you go and you sit down with Alabama, Georgia, LSU, and Oklahoma, and they're all offering you full, you know, a full ride scholarship and OU says, you know, we have a championship contending team. So adding you to it is just going to solidify our ability to win a national title and then you go the same and you get the same pitch from Alabama and LSU, but then you go to Georgia and they're saying, we may not be contenders for the national title, but you know, you come on and you play with us, we'll, we'll pay you 60 K a year for the three, four years that you're here on top of any other NIL endorsement you can get. So you you have the potential to earn, you know, a million dollars per year if you come to school here and play. Well, it, it takes the com- the competitiveness out of the game because now kids are playing, are choosing schools and opportunities to, based off of how much money they can get during during their time in college. And the other part that I've always you know thought of is, you see a lot of young professional ath- athletes that have spent time in college under supervision and mentorship from those coaches and those directors in those programs. And they get into the NFL and they get their multi-million dollar deals and then they go and they get into trouble. You know, it's 
So now you're going to give a 17, 18 year old kid a million dollars and, or you're going to have a dealership like with Spencer pay that, give him, you know, a fancy truck and a fancy car. And now, you know, you're just opening the floodgates for accidents to happen, for issues to arise. Um, you know, kids in college, they're very, very money hungry. So I feel like a lot of stuff is going to be happening in that side of it. Um, and it's just going to cause more issues than it was really helping anything. So that's kind of my, my two cents on the, on the NIL. I mean, I'm all for kids getting paid some kind of compensation. You know, if they bring the NCAA football back and basketball and baseball and stuff like that, I'm, you know, obviously, yes, the kids are, you know, a part of the selling of that game. They need to be compensated for the sales of that game, just like, the NFL players are compensated for Madden and stuff like that and NBA 2K and whatever else, you know, any other game that's out there that people can buy that professional athletes are compensated for. But I don't think, you know, I don't think that these kids should be compensated for their lightness and popularity. And if they are, then the only way I could see it being a positive thing is to set these kids up with trust funds that they can't touch until after they've graduated college and making that they're you know making that the the priority is okay yeah you're going to get paid this much we're going to let you have 25,000 for the year that's all you need as a college athlete especially at a program at a division 1 program like OU or LSU or Georgia or any of these top big top programs i mean these kids are literally given everything that they ask for you know, they get brand new gloves every week before games. They get, you know, brand new cleats, brand new socks. Like they don't, they, they don't, they don't struggle at these programs. They get free food. They get all kinds of treats and stuff like that inside of the field house. Like the kids are not struggling whenever they go to college. If they want to go out to the bars and do that kind of stuff, yeah, they need that money. But again, you take away the opportunity to have the the finances to go do that kind of stuff. You take away the risk of them getting in trouble and causing issues off the field. And so keeping that limited is, you know, is a, is a crucial thing to the success of college sports. And I feel like with the NIL that it's going to sit there and it's going to lead to more issues and more distractions off the field and on the field. And I feel like, you know, Spencer Rattler is a great example of that, you know, coming in as the Heisman favorite for this last year and he gets that, you know, million or $2 million endorsement and he sits there and, you know, gets the brand new truck and brand new car from the dealership here in Oklahoma. And then he's so wrapped up in that stuff that he just doesn't perform. And, you know, then he transfers to South Carolina so that way he can have some playing time. And he, you know, now he really doesn't care about the NFL because he's getting, he's going to get paid over the next two years. He's going to get paid handsomely from NIL deals that he can go as a fourth round draft pick and get paid a couple million dollars a year and not really care because he's already getting paid now. And that's all that, you know, a guy like him really cares about. He doesn't care about going to the NFL and actually playing and winning a championship and contributing to a team. He wants the money. He wants the fame. He wants the glory of just having, you know, being the popular guy and and everyone running to him and wanting his autograph and being able to charge. 
And I just think that that's what's going to be ruining, you know, college football and sports in general with these kids is they're just they're going to be more about themselves and their popularity than helping their teams win. And it's going to take some respectable coaches like Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, you know, guys like that that can bring these guys in that have these big expectations to make millions of dollars from the NIL and ground them to a level of you're still here to play football. You're still here to produce on the field and help this program. Otherwise you're going to have to, you're going to be out. And so, you know, it's going to be a tough thing for a lot of these coaches. I mean, Nick Saban has mentioned before in comments um, in interviews that he doesn't really like any of it as well. He, he, you know, he's kind of frustrated with the fact that these kids are getting paid so much and he's seen, you know, the, the negatives of the transfer portal. He had like 18 kids hit the transfer portal right after they lost to Georgia. So it's, you know, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for programs to keep the same kids. There's going to be a lot of changing, a lot of switching around. Um, a lot of new faces and a lot of new learning for players and coaches. And it's going to be, you know, how, you know, how do you know what kids to really focus on and invest yourself into as a coach, because you don't know if they're going to be there the next year. And it's hard as a, a human to know, like, do I invest myself in this kid? And do I give everything I've got to him to know that he can leave next year and just leave me high and dry? Or do I just do the bare minimum as a coach because I know he's he's potentially going to leave? And so that's going to be the issue for a lot of these coaches is, you know, what are we, you know, what are we going to, how are we going to sit there and make this team good enough with what we have and still get through these kids and make them realize that they're appreciated and that they're invested in to stick around in their program. So, um, if you, like I said, if you've got any thoughts, comments, concerns, uh, I definitely am interested in hearing some of y'all's opinions, reading them, chatting with you online, discussing them with you guys a little bit further and then bringing it back on air for the next week's podcast. Um, After this break, we're going to take a quick little break. After this break, we are going to discuss, um, you know, Oklahoma. If you're an Oklahoma listener, you know, the the new uh, transfer rules that they just passed for for high school students and middle school students. So stay tuned and we will go into discussing that.
and welcome back. So, as I was talking about right before we took our break, um, Oklahoma just now. If you if you haven't seen it, uh, and this is the first you've heard of it, Oklahoma educators have now passed a new rule that you can transfer to any school district without living in it per approval of that district, of that school. Each school is allowed to accept so many kids um, as the principal seems fit. And I feel like, you know, it's gonna, it's, this is going to raise a lot of red flags and cause a lot of issues as well just because, you know, growing up in high school, our biggest challenge in football was Jinx and Union. Well, we came out and we – you know, we played uh, Jinx in the semifinals my f- sophomore year and lost to them. They went on to become runners-up for state. And, you know, then it came back a couple weeks later that they had two kids that were ineligible because they were playing for, for Jinx and going to school in Jinx outside of the rules. So they were disqualified. They were – those kids were – announced ineligible which put jinx you know um disqualified which gave us the state runner-up trophy but was something that we were definitely not proud that we we did not earn the opportunity to you know win it win state or at least earn that um you know that runner-up position so you know last year was my first year coaching middle school football for mustang north with my stepdad And I, you know, I learned a lot coaching those kids. I learned a lot talking to high school coaches. I learned a lot, you know, working with my stepdad who has been a teacher and coach for, you know, 20 something years, um, working and coaching with the other two coaches that have, you know, been a part of football and sports and coaching for, for probably just as long as my stepdad. And, you know, it's, you know, we played we played one team that that's pretty much what they did. They they pulled a bunch of their kids from, you know, our school and central middle school here in Mustang and just kind of made it where, you know, they they stacked their team up to be able to win and go and earn a you know, their district championship and everything. And so, you know, as a competitor, as a coach, I'm like, okay, well, if they can recruit last year when it wasn't a rule, then why don't we start recruiting this year when it is a rule? Like why, why not sit there and, you know, take advantage of the new rule that is no, you know, it's no now no longer frowned upon and, you know, against the rules to bring kids in front that could go to other schools for them to come and play sports and stuff like that for, for our school and our district. And so, but the other part of me is like, you know, part of the fun about high school and middle school is being able to take the kids that you've got and develop them. Because, you know, whenever I started playing football my seventh grade year, that was the first year I ever played football. My mom was afraid of me getting hurt playing Little League because I was so skinny and small. My stepdad always told me that a lot of the Little League coaches don't know what they're talking about. The coaches in middle school are trained with high school coaches and college coaches so they know how to develop you and teach you correctly how to do things with your form to make sure that you don't get injured. And so, you know, my, my seventh grade year, seventh, eighth grade year, you know, I was a JV player, 
you know, sitting on the bench my JV, uh, you know, my seventh grade year on JV, eighth grade, I was just a little bit too fast and played receiver. So I was able to play a little bit on JV. Freshman year was a kicker. And then my sophomore year was splitting playing time with the varsity, you know, with a couple of seniors on varsity and also splitting some kicking time as well. Um, between then, junior year was a sole starter at the receiver position and corner and kicking and punting. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, that's if it hadn't been for, you know, me being stuck and then not recruiting and, you know, kids from, you know, other middle schools to come and play. I probably wouldn't have been able to get as many reps as I did on in practice, uh, which helped build my confidence. It helped remove the fear of getting hurt and kind of allowed me to develop a little bit faster than, you know, I probably would have if I would have been in the back of the line and been, you know, the focus would have been on other kids that were better, way better than me for a, a district championship. <clears throat> so that's kind of where I'm at with, with it is like, I like I like the idea of being able to call a kid and say, you know, hey, if you want to come and play for us, you know, you can we can get you accepted into transferring to our school. You know, kids that go to smaller schools, you know, an El Reno kid that wants to go to Yukon or Mustang, um, you know, a Bethany kid that wants to play for Putman City or Yukon or something like that, you know, a kid from Tuttle that wants to play for Mustang or Bridge Creek or something like that, that wants to make the drive and play for a bigger program, you know, that's great for them. You know, it gives them the opportunity to put themselves in a position to be seen that they may not, you know, get that opportunity at a smaller school level. Um, you know, playing for a school like Mustang, that's very well respected in the sports area in all sports, you know, high school, uh, you know, playing for those, that kind of a program, it can definitely help shine your light a little better than playing for, you know, an El Reno or a Bridge Creek or something like that. Because, you know, D1 in, in Oklahoma is the top of the line. And, you know, Mustang plays, you know, Union every year and Owasso and, you know, all of those Northeast teams. So you know that when you play those teams that you're going to have college scouts up there looking at those kids and that's your time to come out and shine and make a name and, you know, a rep for yourself to those scouts and coaches for them to finally come down and, and see you along with your huddle info and videos and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I'm open to it in a sense, but at the same time, you know, this year, my first year coaching, there were a lot of kids that whenever they first came out, they weren't the most athletically gifted kids and skilled kids. But as the year went on, they, we're definitely improving every single week because I was able to work with them every single day. I was able to help develop them every single day and they were able to get as many reps in as possible because of the number of kids that we had, um, you know, was able to allow us to do that. So it's, you know, it's kind of if one way or the other, um, if you're listening, I'd love to hear your guys' opinion on it and see what your thoughts are and kind of discuss it a little bit more. And, you know, see, see who all is for that new rule. And then who all is like, no, I'm not going to let my kid transfer. I don't care. You know, if they want to play sports, they can play where they're at. I'm not going to move them over just because of sports uh, and, and see the different, you know, opinions on that. So, um, <clears throat> well, that does end the podcast for today. I do want to say again, how much I appreciate you guys and, uh, you know, 
Um, definitely appreciate you guys tuning in. And like I said, hopefully you guys will follow along and you guys will, uh, you know, hopefully you guys will follow along for next week's, uh, podcast and hopefully you guys will sit there and ask questions, give us, you know, topics that you want to hear us talk about, hear our opinions on kind of discuss whatever we've got. And, you know, as we continue along each week, um, the plan is to, like I said, in my intro, the plan is to bring on, um, you know, the plan is to bring on other people and have conversations with them and make it a kind of a real life podcast experience like the Jeff, you know, Joe Rogan and all these other guys that they've got someone in with them to discuss topics and keep the conversations going and, and whatnot. So that's definitely the goal. Um, you know, right now, just starting out, just wanting to get, you know, some, some episodes out there for you guys to listen to and, and kind of help us find new, new topics to talk about that you want to hear about and hear our opinions on and just continue to to grow the audience and grow our our podcast so again if you uh just want to thank our sponsors at Rawls Corp and A1 Detailing again if you've got any kind of construction needs hit up Rawls Corp LLC uh they've got their Facebook page open and are accepting appointments for all kinds of projects and if with this snowstorm coming through if you have any needs for your automotive detailing after this storm hits please hit up a1 detailing they will definitely do a phenomenal job and you will not be disappointed with the quality of work you will think that you are literally buying picking up a brand new vehicle whenever they finish up with it so definitely want to give those guys a shout out again and we will we will see you guys next week so appreciate you guys you guys have a lovely week stay safe out there with this weather coming through oklahoma if you're listening in other states hope that you guys stay safe as well and we will uh be back next week with our next episode appreciate you have a great time